Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey friends, and welcome back for season three of Quit Your Day Job. I am your host, Alicia Fernandez-Miranda. In this podcast, you'll learn all about the fascinating jobs that people do, some that you might never have even heard of, as you contemplate your own personal and professional future. I started this podcast because I've always been fascinated by jobs. I even quit my own day job to spend a year as an intern. You can read all about it in my new book, My What If Year. It comes out on February 7th, and you can pre-order it right now, everywhere books are sold, or head over to my website, aliciafmiranda.com, for more information. Go ahead, I'll wait. In these times of quiet quitting and great resignations and loud quitting or whatever, I think more people than ever want to follow their passions. Everyone on this podcast has, and I encourage you to do the same. Hi guys, and welcome back to Quit Your Day Job. I have a real kicker of a season three opener for you. I had the opportunity to chat with Patty Dobrovolsky, the author of Nine Tips to Up Your Creative Genius and Drawing Solutions, How Visual Goal Setting Will Change Your Life. Patty is the founder of Up Your Creative Genius, a consulting firm that uses visuals and creative processes to help companies and individuals around the world accelerate growth and change. Patty is a critically acclaimed and award-winning comic performer, writer, business consultant. She was an actor. She was a gardener. She's a three-time TEDx speaker, and her talk, Draw Your Future, has received close to 6 million views across all channels. You can see her large-format strategic illustrations on the walls of places like Microsoft, Starbucks, Amazon, and even the Seattle Space Needle. Patty lives with her wife, Julie, and three dogs on a small urban farm in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, hi, everybody, and welcome to Quit Your Day Job, and hi especially to my amazing guest today, Patty Dobrovolsky, who Woo! is... She got my name correct. That's why I whooped. I'm showing so her rare. the post-it because it was phonetically... <laughs> I wrote it out phonetically so I wouldn't forget, and I just need to describe for you that Patty is wearing these... Her signature amazing glasses. I've seen them in your Instagram posts and a lot of your video. You are in front of this incredible background, which I want you to tell me about what's in there, and we'll share a picture when we put the podcast out. And there was already a magic wand as part of this conversation. So frankly, I don't know how it's going to get any better. (laughs) Uh, It will. It will. (laughs) Oh, Patty, welcome to Quit Your Day Job. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and pleased and happy to be speaking to you and your audience because they're amazing and so are you. Oh my gosh, I already feel great and we've just started. So, and uh, you know, I did want to just mention that I get a lot of emails from people kind of pitching different folks to be on the podcast. And I was so intrigued by your 
It's it's very hard to define what you do. I don't even know how I'm going to build this episode, actually. I was thinking maybe like the creative or something, just because you've got so many different facets to what it is that you do. So I'm really excited to get into your life and your career. And I really want to learn more about your process and your visual goal setting and all the really cool things that you have to offer. But as I told you, first, we're going to play a little game. It's very small. It's just going to be. Okay, here we go. (laughs) All right. So this game is. I hope uh, I don't have to guess people's names or things like that. Celebrities. It's never going to happen. Not at all. I may have oversold this game, actually. Okay, good. Maybe I oversold. Now I'm worried. Okay. (laughs) Good. A very low key game of this or that. So you may have played this on Instagram. I'm going to just give you uh, five different choices between two things. And I'd like you to pick. Which one you like, which one strikes you, and why. Okay? You ready to go? All right. Ready. I'm ready. Number one, and this is because I know you have a background in Broadway that we're going to talk about, plays or musicals? Musicals. No question. Because they're so fun. They're so fun. And people are singing and dancing, and I can't can't sing and dance at all. So I have great appreciation for people who can. Favorite musical? That's not a this or that question. I just want to know. Favorite musical. Was that your question? Oh, The Music Man. And right now, you know, Hugh Jackman is doing it again on Broadway. That's right. I think it's closing soon, but uh, get in there and get your tickets if you can see it beforehand. Exactly. Okay. Markers or colored pencils? Markers, definitely. And why? Yeah. Well, Colored pencils are for real artists. <laughs> and I wouldn't consider myself a real artist. I was never trained as an artist. I might be a great artist now, but I started with markers. And so what you start with is what you get really good at. And you've got uh, the graphic behind you, which is all done in markers, I assume, is so bold and bright and exciting. So I can see why you made that choice. Okay, so on your website, I came across these two terms. Game storming as two different words or game storming as one word. Are those different things? Oh, what does that mean? What, <laughs> no. what does it mean? They're, are they the same? It's is an that edit. a typo. Okay. Thank God. Because I was like, it's a okay. typo. It's a typo. Okay. So then you're this, you're this or that is going to be game storming or brainstorming. Game storming. Because what game, is game storming. storming? <laughs> what, what is, is game storming? Well, game storming is, you know, you, you think of all the, your favorite games that you ever played right? Throughout time. And game storming is when you use a game to come up with great ideas. So you're brainstorming, but with a game. So the game might be, um, you know, making a bunch of choices. And uh, it might be if you had a million dollars to spend on this idea, how much and you've got a list of 25 ideas, who gets the most money of these ideas? And then how does that idea get carried forward. Right. So it's a, it, you know, it's a fun way to have it happen in the room. So a game storm session involves, you know, acting stuff out, building stuff in the room, using lots of pens and post-it notes and making the room messy and yourself into sometimes a character. I love that. I think that sounds so much fun. And also sometimes when you sit down in the room, you have to brainstorm something. Everybody's mind That's is just right. totally blank, right? They have like have no idea what to do. That's right. And that that term was coined by Sunny Brown, who is one of the famous game stormers. I mean, she's just incredible. I love this. I want to game storm with you. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll have time for that too. We'll see. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. Number four, burger or avocado toast? 
Mm, that's a tough choice. It would have to be a Beyond Burger, mm-hmm. but avocado toast, probably. Delicious. Yeah, because avocados, you know, I'm from California, so lots of avocados. I had an avocado tree in the backyard. Oh, so good. My uh, husband's grandfather had one in his backyard in Miami, and he would try to uh, smuggle them into the UK for us every year because you're not oh, allowed God. to bring fruit and vegetables over the border. Of course but not. He would but bring we it always anyway. do. We would put it in our backpacks and we'd try to carry it in. Yeah. That's and then so they'd good. say, You can't bring this. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, please don't come chasing after me. Uh, food and agriculture of either country. <laughs> if you're country. listening in, USDA, stop. Stop listening. And finally, I feel like I know the answer to this one, but glasses or contacts? Oh, glasses. For Do you sure. ever wear contacts? Your glasses are like signature. No, I had I had contacts and then I got my eyes fixed, but I still wanted to wear my glasses, so I still do. Do they have any prescription in the lens? Uh-huh. They do. You know, of course, um, they weren't perfect, my eyes. So they gave me a little tiny bit of a, but I could take them off and drive if I need to, but who wants to? Why would you to? want to? I, no, I went exactly. through a whole, there's actually a whole chapter in my book uh, called Fake Glasses and Black Turtlenecks because I used to love wearing fake glasses. I have, I'm blessed slash cursed with 2020 vision. Even oh, now, nice. I'm so oh. desperate to get glasses. I've always <laughs> wanted glasses my whole Just life. Just get them. Get I them. I do. I need to now, get clear uh, ones again. You can buy them right in the, you know, optometrist, you can buy clear glasses. But like even the clear ones, they kind of distort my vision a little bit. So what I need oh, is no. just the frames with nothing inside. That's actually That's the good. That's what I wore on Broadway <laughs> were frames with nothing inside. Oh my in God. In that show. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have passed the this or that round. Thank you for being my guinea pig because <laughs> you're my first one. So uh, Patty, tell us what you do. So I'm a live illustrator, meaning that If I'm in a meeting or I'm giving a keynote, which is what I do a lot of now, I teach you about visuals and why you want to use them. And I draw a picture of what we're talking about. So a lot, if I'm in a meeting and people are talking about something else, I'm drawing a picture of that. So there's a representation of meeting notes, but in a visual way. So it's a building or I'm going to go down to the San Joaquin Valley and do a whole series of winery images, you know, like that. And that's what I do. I'm just help people to be more creative and use their brain better by adding a picture. And I think as part of that, I mean, I'm just looking at this graphic behind you, which is a draw your future graphic, right? So you've got, just describing it for people that can't see it, I've got a current reality on one side, I've got you in the middle, and then I've got a desired future on the other. And it's visual and beautiful, and there's pictures and words. So, you know, part of this drawing, I think, is, is to help people unblock where they might be stuck or where they are. Is that right? Well, what happens when you draw and you dream at the same time? So drawing unlocks your brain, meaning that it calms your nervous system down. This is why we drew when we were kids, because we were just like bored. And so we would just doodle on the edge of our page because it was fun and it was interesting. And then you were, the monotone was going on in the background. You could still absorb the information, but you could also do this other thing. And that's what we need to have happen is to calm down. So it's the best anxiety breaker that you could do is to actually just draw whatever you see. And it doesn't matter whether you're good or not. It just, just know that it's a, it's a way of self-soothing and unlocking these better ideas because it integrates all the parts of your brain when you draw. And when you draw and dream, it's even better if you dream the future 
because your brain is like playing it like a movie in there. And you're just capturing a few images here and there or words. Mm. And then it solidifies it into your memory, into your hippocampus. It's like a snapshot gets added in there, but it's highlighted in bright yellow. So you can always remember the moment when you drew your future. You will. That's amazing. And I mean, I would say Live Illustrator was not a job that was on the like list of possible Still careers. Still isn't. <laughs> no. And if you go to like Instagram and they say, what's your thing? And that you say creator is the closest thing. But really, there's no, there's not even illustri- illustrator there. It's crazy. So what so. was your journey to finding this, uh, this calling? Well, I was an actor first because I didn't really want to be an engineer like my dad. And so I just, you know, I, and then I would go audition for shows and I never got the part because I didn't look the part. I looked like me, how I am now. But back then, you know, we're talking about where you, all the women had this long blonde hair that poofed up at the bottom and big <laughs> boobs. And then, you know, that that's who got the part. And um, if you watch the movie about Marilyn Monroe, you see like that was women. Mm. And that was what they were used for, quote unquote, right? They were just toys and pets, uh, really honestly, for the movie industry. So I just never fit in that role. I got maybe one one movie part. And the guy said to me, the reason I'm going to hire you for this is because your hair matches your shirt. And my shirt was bright orange. And so was my hair. <laughs> I'm like, well, whatever works. Okay. You know? I got to work with Jean-Vierre Bujold and Chris Christopherson, you know, with this woo. Anyway, so I was an actor and then I couldn't get any audition. I'd audition. I wouldn't get any parts. So I decided to just be a performance artist. I just make up my own stories and do them. And I did this until I met a Broadway actress who invited me to New York to take some acting classes. Cool. She's like, you should come to New York and like get some real training, right? Because you, you have potential. So I'm like, okay. So I go there for a summer. I'm doing street theater, performance art awesome. to make money. And I'm going to classes at night. And then I go back to Seattle and I kept daydreaming about this. Oh, she was a Broadway actress. And <laughs> oh, where would we be? And I I play it and play it and play it in my head. And then I got called for an audition <gasps> and I got into the show that went to the Kennedy Center oh that went God. to Broadway. <gasps> and I thought, well, how, do, how the hell did that happen? I don't know how that happened. So I began to be obsessed with what did inner pictures do to help you make change. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I saw a guy draw in a meeting an outer picture and I'm like, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. That's so cool. So were you doing that and acting for a while or were you, did you just kind of immediately make this jump into trying to find work as a live illustrator? Well, what happened was I had a little artistic break after I was in that show that went to Broadway. I did a show of my own in New York. They loved it. National reviews. Perfect. And I went to Portland, Oregon, and I did the same show and I went to the, you know, in those days, you couldn't go online to see the review, but I went to the news box. I got out the thing and on the cover of the art section, it said, can't sing, can't dance, can't act, don't bother. (laughs) And that was my show. And so after that, I was like, I am never performing (gasps) again. I am never going to do it. It's just like triggered every shame and embarrassment oh that I ever God. had. So I said, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And I lived in Seattle at the time where everybody knew me as an actor. So I moved. I just did a geographic 
And I moved to San Francisco. I started gardening for people that I had worked for in New York that were the choreographer. And then another woman got a referral and I did gardening. And then I became a drama therapist. I went back to school and became a drama therapist because I knew drama was therapeutic. I'd always Mm. been an artist in residence. So, okay, I'm going to do that. But I was a terrible therapist. I was just be like, you have a drinking problem. (laughs) You know, go to AA. You, that guy is bad for you. Leave him. You know, (laughs) I mean, I had a fist fight in my office happen. My notes got subpoenaed. You know, my my, um, supervisor slept with a patient and told me about it. Oh, my God. So I had to turn her into the hospital where she'd worked for 30 years. And then, you know, and I liked her. She was a good friend of mine. So it was a nightmare. So anyway, I decided, okay, my friend Michael said, you're number one. You're never going to make money as a therapist. Maybe don't do this. (laughs) Not you. (laughs) And two, you should go into business because they love it when you tell them what to do there. So I did. And that's when I saw that guy draw a picture in the meeting. And I thought, I don't know how to draw, but I have really good handwriting. I think I can do that. And so I just interned with someone. And six months later, I put up a shingle. That's amazing. So how did you start kind of getting out there, getting yourself recognized, getting clients? How did you kind of... Here's here's what I would do. I would go to like Smith Buckland, you know, I'd go to these big corporate companies. Like we went to New York and did something and I would put a piece of paper up and I would say, okay, I think this could really help your company. And I'm going to draw a picture. You're going to talk and I'm going to draw a picture of what you're talking about. And then, and then we'll talk about me working for you, you know, doing this for you. And they would look at me at the end and they'd say, you know, I don't know. We can't really, I don't know where we'd get the budget for this, but you know, would you leave that picture that you drew with us? That was happened to me over and over and over again. And so I just, I found a partner in Denver, Colorado, Mm -hmm. and we taught so many people how to draw and do it that we just kept spreading the word in the, in the field. And you know, how many people were doing it in the world? Maybe 20 total. So, you know, David Sibbett's out there, these, uh, Nancy Margulies, uh, you know, this is way pre Sonny Brown and all the Mm -hmm. visual thinkers. Now we were just out there. Like we would just convince people. And that's actually how I met my wife because I was hired to do change management. Okay. And so I go in to do, do you want me to stop for a second so you can actually talk or ask questions? Okay, good. No, I'm loving it. Sometimes I'll just go on. Don't stop. Keep going. So (laughs) So anyway, so one, after I started working with this guy, Michael Stark, who who really was such a great boss for me. I mean, he really mentored me and he was so mad at me that I didn't go into business with him. <laughs> he still brings it up. It's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, but he said, you're a change agent. You could be really good at doing change trainings because you're a drama therapist and you're a visual thinker. So let's get you trained in visual thinking. So he helped me connect with somebody, get trained there. And then he would send me in when people would get laid off and all the people that were left needed to go back to work. And I would go in there with my change management materials Wow! and try to get them back to work. Well, the one of the first jobs I got sent to was a financial firm in Denver, Colorado. And I was living in San Francisco. I go in there 
And I'm, you know, when you're gay, you always, you're, you're always surveying the room, like, where are my people? They're going to be here somewhere. Because <laughs> you're, you're it wasn't like now, you know, where Ellen broke the glass ceiling right. for everybody who's gay. No, it was still like, you didn't really tell people until you knew that mm-hmm. it was safe. Yeah. So I'm looking around the room and I think that, that woman is gay. And then I see <laughs> Julie and I think, well, maybe she's gay. I'm not, I'm not sure. Anyway, so I went into a session and did for the first time, I did Draw Your Future, this process. I said to Julie, hey, see if you can get your boss to agree to let me draw in this session because I think we could really have something and it will help everybody shift. Mm. And she goes, okay, I'll convince her. So she does. And we go to Austin. We run this session with people that are going to get laid off, but nobody's told them, but we know. So we tell them it's coming so that you know, and we're going to prepare you for it. And so I draw everybody's future into this picture and it changed everything. Like I did it from then on. I never go into a meeting. You know, I don't always run this process, but, and I, and then I, of course, fell in love with her. Oh, you know, did you, did you draw you in her future? Did you put yourself in that like desired future column for her? (laughs) No, because when I first met her, she was she looked so Midwest to me. I I was like, I was kind of uncertain about it. She told me she was gay. She had a couple drinks. I don't drink it at all. Mm, she's drinks and she's Midwest. She had a bouffant hairdo, went up like that, kind of the ratting Love it. you know, thing that Iowans wear. And I was from San Francisco, really you know, full of myself. <laughs> and so it took me four years. A I moved to Denver because somebody dug me out of the graveyard of actors, Mm. wrote a show with me, and then it became a runaway hit in Denver. So I was flying from San Francisco to Denver to do the show. Oh, my gosh. And then eventually I just kept running into Julie everywhere I went. Like my girlfriend that I was dating lived on the same block with her girlfriend. And so we went to a block party. There she was. And then I go to Coors. I'm going to do a big corporate thing. And then there she is. And I'm like... Finally, one day I said, are you single? She goes, yes. I go, me too. Let's go dancing. And that was that. Yeah. Oh, I love a love story. I know. I'm almost thinking I need like a side podcast where I ask. (laughs) You do. Love stories. (laughs) Coming next season. (laughs) So that's a long way of telling you a long story to tell you. Yeah. That's how I got into it. And I love it. I haven't stopped. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So... Something I just love about this is that you you kind of like actualize this reality for yourself. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a job. It wasn't a clear no. career path. You know, what what is it that you think enabled you to take an idea and turn it yeah. into a career? 
Well, I think there's a couple of things if you look at it. One, I, I talked about having a mentor. I think having a mentor or somebody that you looked up to, like that guy, he he knew how to make money. When when I told him how much money I was making as a therapist and he said, I want you to write on a piece of paper how much money you think you want to make next year. And I wrote, I think I wrote $12,000 <laughs> thinking, well, that's a big stretch. <laughs> and he was like, crossed it out. He's like, like no, I'm going to quadruple this. <laughs> quadruple this. I don't know what you're thinking, right? He's like, you're coming to work with me because you don't know how to make money. So that was one thing Mm. is that I had a mentor who helped me to kind of finesse my thing, what it was doing. And then I organically let it emerge. Mm. So one, I found something I was passionate about. Like uh, you couldn't stop me from drawing everything. So that's the other thing. You want to pivot, find something you're passionate about. Because it takes elbow grease. You know, me going into those meetings with those all those white men, pardon me, but it's true. All Mm -hmm. those white men who said to me, (laughs) we don't need that, but please leave that picture you drew, right? Right. We know what they did with it. They kept it on their wall. It's Mm -hmm. art, right? So I think this this is part of it. So a mentor, be passionate about it and then fail. You have to fail. The first time I went in to do change management for Michael, honestly, I wore a three-piece suit, a girl's dress and skirt and heels and the Mm. whole bit. And I had never worn that in my life until that day. And it was a failure. (laughs) I I was miserable. People left my session (laughs) in the middle of it, you know. And I think then you just recreate, recreate. You can do it again. Try. Don't, Don't give up. Such good advice. I really, really, really resonates with me. So your job is very, you know, you're you are still a performer in a different audience yeah. for sure. Well, and I just wrote a play too. So this year <laughs> I actually am gonna perform again. That's Yay. amazing. I mean, yeah. what do you do when you've got to go in and run a session, especially where you're dealing with people who really need to be motivated and you are feeling like crap yourself that day? Like how do you get yourself pumped up to do what you need to do? Uh, well, the weird thing is, is that I always make sure that the session is fun. I never do anything that's not fun because if I'm having fun, they're having fun. Yeah. They'll have fun. The, from the moment I say to them, okay, today we're going to draw and they go, what? You know, like I remember working for Turner Broadcasting, like the C-level, the guy who created Cartoon Network, he wow. was there. Mm-hmm. So with that, that guy. He said to me after the session, I don't know what that you did in there, but it was so much fun. It's awesome. And we got great results. And so that's it. You have to, one, number one, always be yourself. Do not try to be somebody else. Wear a three-piece suit with high heels. Mm-hmm. No. Always be yourself. Bring yourself. Because that's what people want. They want you. They don't want anybody else. That's what makes a business yeah. the best right? They listen to your podcast because it's you and they want to hear you and they want to hear who you have on the show and what you ask and your game at the beginning. You know, these are the the things that we want to remember. (laughs) So take me through a little bit of the visual goal setting. Is this the kind of thing people can do at home? You know? Yes. Yes. Take, give me like a, a little, a little mini preview of what it entails. Okay, so you mentioned that I had a visual behind me. Well, I did this for a session for um, a giving campaign. And so it was people who wanted to do goal setting in a different way. 
because we've all done this thing at the New Year's, you know, uh, we're going to set our goals and then none of us accomplish them. Then we're demotivated by about week three, most of us, because the odds are stacked against you. Mm -hmm. You know, the odds against you being able to make change are like nine to one against you. So only one person out of 10, even when they're facing a life-threatening illness, will make the change. Why? Because look at how distracted we are. We've got all this stuff. So if you get a piece of paper and on the left side, in the center at the top, put your name in a little cloud and then doodle a border on the page just around the outside. Mm -hmm. And then on the left side, put current me or current now or now so that it's present tense. And on the right side, just write the words future me, future, some kind of future. And then in the middle, put three bold steps. And the process goes like this. On the left, you write and draw. Yes, I did say draw. Badly drawing because bad Even drawings if you're a terrible artist, stick in your brain. You yeah. still do it. It's better. You'll remember it better. Okay, good. <laughs> so on the left side, you scatter it around. So analyticals, don't scatter. Don't write, make a list. This is not a list. It's yep. scatter around what it feels like to be you and your world or how, how you feel about your career or your job right now. And put all the things that are going well, like I feel valued or I you know, love my boss or blah, blah, blah. And then all the challenges, hmm. like I don't make enough money or the hours are endless or it's really boring. I don't want to do it. Then on the right side, you know, then get up and run around your room and drink some body. water okay. or jump, mm-hmm. jumping jacks, you know, get your body reintegrated. And on the right side, imagine that it's one to however many billion years from today you want to go and start with how you feel as if you're there right now. Oh Mm. my God, I'm so happy. I feel free. I'm making so much, it's so abundant. I mean, like, (laughs) oh my God, this life is so great. And then write those words down, you know, abundant, loved, valued, um, appreciated, commit, committed, you know, confident, Mm. and then add specifics. So what I put on mine was keynote speaker. I put performing, you know, not in broad on Broadway, but performing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put, you know, money just falling into it like a big flowing river. I, you know, and I put any kind of picture that would represent what the things I wanted. Then, once you've got that, then you step back and you close the gap with three bold steps. So how do I, so you have to have a center section that's blank mm-hmm. and put three arrows. And then you think, what are the three boldest things I could do? One, maybe quit my job. One, maybe, you know, mine says let go on one map that I did for myself. And then this map that's behind me says active involvement. Like this is people who realize I got to grab hold of my career and, yeah. and make it happen, Right. And these three bold things, so don't get scared by the word bold, but one of them is usually bold. One's tactical Mm -hmm. and bold, and one is a mindset shift because most of us have these limiting beliefs we carry around, which are like, I'm not cute enough. I'm not smart enough. I'll never know how to do it. I don't have a business degree. You know, all Mm -hmm. that stuff is just distraction. Yeah. And then you put that picture that you drew First, you create a little action plan for Mm -hmm. each one of those bold steps. Not a lot. Just do one thing every week towards it. And you put the picture somewhere you can see it every day. And then you daydream it. This is the secret. Your imagination is operating 24-7. Most of the time, it's playing out a scenario you don't want to have happen. No, no, no. 
You want to train it to play out the scenario you do want happening. You want to fantasize about being on Broadway. You want to fantasize about having a million followers. You want to fantasize that these things, what we'll do when all that, that check arrives in the mail or the yeah. trophy in the mailbox. You know, this woman put a trophy on the right side of her picture. She said that she opened her mailbox one day and there was a trophy in the mailbox that she had won the best new entrepreneur in oh Boulder, God. Colorado. Yeah. So, you know, these things happen. That's I think, it. I just think that is amazing because it's so easy to not, certainly I find this in myself, I cannot speak for everybody, but to not let yourself fantasize about the thing you most want to happen, to protect yourself from being disappointed if it doesn't happen, right? Like I definitely have done that in so many different elements of my life, even with my, you know, with my book and my book coming out and thinking about like, you know, what do I really want? And my husband will constantly be like, no, you just need to think about like, what's the biggest thing you want? New York Times bestseller list. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't need to, yes, I don't need yes, to be on the New York yes. Times bestsellers. But yes, you do. Like, yes, actually, you do. Why I not? should be dreaming. Yeah. Why shouldn't I be dreaming what? about those things? No, because I think that we, well, and the other thing is, you know, gratitude is the wheel greaser, right? So, mm. you know, put it, put it out there, envision it, write it down, take action on it. And then be grateful for every little thing that comes your way. You lose your job, be grateful. You come up with a, a little idea, somebody buys it, be grateful. You know, you have a bad day, be grateful because the universe is setting you up for success. And while you think nothing's happening, you know, you may not be in alignment with the mm. thing on the right side of your picture. I want to be a keynote speaker for I can't tell you how many years, but I didn't even know how to put myself out there. So thank God I wasn't because I have a videotape of the first keynote I gave and I'm like, oh my God, people paid for that? That's crazy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. But now, you know, and I still say that sometimes, like people paid for that? That's crazy. But they walk out with a picture of their future. Yeah. That's not crazy. That's a takeaway, right? That's, I mean, this talk has been full of so much great advice. What would you say to someone? I think, I think actually a lot of people listen to this podcast because somewhere in the back of their head, they're fantasizing about whatever job they want to do or changing their life or quitting their own day job. So what or Would leaving their say, relationship. Or leaving their relationship. Yes, or moving right. or, you know, whatever it might be, that big change that feels scary. What? Yeah, well, you did it. You moved to Europe. I, I mean, come it. on. I do it all the that time. That was your fantasy. <laughs> exactly. I constantly, but, but through practiced effort. I put myself in situations that make me uncomfortable. Well, I like that you said lot. that. Practiced effort. And yeah, I do, practiced. you know, it's, it does not come easily to me. Obviously, it's much easier to just sit and do the thing you feel most comfortable with. And the thing that you know you're good at. Which is be on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. to kind of lean into your strengths. So, but I think, I do think that this is going to be a really inspirational episode for a lot of people. What advice would you give to someone? What can they do today if they're listening to this and they're like, yes, I'm ready? What advice would, I would you say, give them? For, I would just say, number one, get a three by five card and write on it one thing that you want to have happen. Just write it around, write it on it, carry it around with you in your pocket, pull it out, fantasize about it. And then every t opportunity that comes, even if it doesn't look like an opportunity, you're going to hold the door open for the person at the market. And then you're going to have an exchange with the cashier. These things are very important. The universe is always operating on your behalf. It wants you to be in your most purposeful place. And your job is simply pay attention and take action. So when you get demotivated, find a way to remind yourself, 
like keep a list of things, nice things people told you about you. I mean, so when you feel down, you go, hey, but, you know, I remember that Harold said this and Linda said that and I've been good before, so I can do it again. I can do it again. Patty, this is, I mean, like, I can't top that. This has been an amazing conversation. I hope the reviewer of your show back in the day is listening to this and thinking, <laughs> what a big mistake, or actually, maybe not, because maybe if you hadn't gotten that review, you wouldn't have ended up where you are now, so. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh, it was so amazing to talk to you, and thank you for letting me talk on and on, because I know I did. So you did all not. Of the I listeners... have loved this, <laughs> and I know our listeners will too. Patty, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Quit Your Day Job. We are a Zcast production and want to send huge thanks to Zibby Owens, Chelsea Grogan, and the team at Texture Sound for their support. Don't forget to pre-order my What If Year, sign up for my mailing list on aliciafmiranda.com, or find me on Instagram, at aliciafmiranda. It's the best place to hear news about my wild upcoming book tour, future podcasts, and, of course, memes about Gilmore Girls. And if you decide to quit your day job, please share that too. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.